What's up, everyone? It's Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer and host of the HoopsHype podcast. On today's episode, Hawks beat writer Chris Kirshner of The Athletic, one of my favorite guys in the business, great friend of mine, joins me to preview the offseason for the Hawks. We're going to get into a potential John Collins trade, sign and trade odds for DeAndre Ayton. We'll look ahead at a possible DeAndre Hunter extension and much more. Chris, great to have you on, my man. How's life your way? Life's great. You know, I'm looking forward to free agency starting up here, um, getting out to Vegas and, and seeing everybody. So everything's great. Hope everything's great with you as well. Thanks, my man. You could have fooled me. It seems like free agency started a couple of days ago. Oh, <laughs> yep. Everybody's tampering. Everyone's tampering. I mean, I'm just saying, man, we've got, you know, you, you've got already John Wall getting a buyout, you know, expect where he's expected to go with the Clippers and, um, you know, PJ Tucker rumors are swirling, you know, the Hawks were a team that, you know, were thought to be interested in PJ Tucker, but it seems like that's coming down to, you know, teams like Miami, Milwaukee, and the Philadelphia 76ers certainly have been heavily linked to him. It seems like they want to have a Rockets uh, reunion in the East there. Um, you know, sure. Why don't they go try and trade for Eric Gordon too? Um, Mike D'Antoni available. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's funny, brother. I mean, I know we're getting ready towards free agency, but it seems like this off season, there's going to be as much attention paid to trade talks as anything. And one guy in particular, I wanted to talk to you about was John Collins, who, uh, you know, his name has been swirling in trade rumors like a tornado. And with John Collins, Sacramento is likely out after taking Keegan Murray in the draft. And Portland just traded for Jeremy Grant uh, unofficially. Um, and he plays the same position as John Collins. So, you know, there, like Chris, there's been rumblings about Collins not being totally happy with his current role. And I'm pretty sure you've put out there that, uh, you know, people around him are saying that, that he, that it's done, that he is not going to be back, uh, with Atlanta. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, um, I've reported a few days ago, I think the, the day after the draft that someone close to him said that he's done in Atlanta. But the interesting thing about it is like you just said, two of the teams that, you know, I thought prior to the draft had a had a decent chance of landing him are now just not options anymore. And um, you know, just from talking with people since the draft, it, it definitely seems like uh the market for John has decreased quite a bit. And now I'm not really sure who's interested in him. You know, obviously there's talks around uh DeJounte Murray. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs uh, guard and Collins could be in that deal. But I've also heard that Daniel Gallinari and we're recording this at 1130 um, AM Eastern time. Uh, Gallinari's contract is is set to be fully guaranteed later today. Um, if he is still on the roster. So I know Travis Schlenk, the Hawks general manager is talking about potential deals and Gallinari could be in that deal for Murray. But um, as it stands now for John, um, the market has definitely dwindled down for him. 
you know, it's now a possibility that the Hawks just keep him. And what I had reported prior to the draft is that the Hawks are, are not going to trade John for nothing. Like we're talking about someone who is a really, really good player. Maybe some people around the league or some people who watch who watch the league don't know how good John is, but what we've seen out of John is like when he has a featured role in the offense, he's someone who can get 20 and 10 a night. He's now a, a, a good three point shooter. He's, he shot over 40% from three last season. I think he was around 37 this year, but he's someone who can space the floor at, at the four spot. Um, he's someone who has gotten better defensively. He's not a great defender by any means, but he's not, bad like he was when he entered the league and in in the, his second season he's he's definitely grown on at, on that end his limitations are are that you know he can't really put the ball on the floor and create his own shot not really a good passer but when you look at how the hawks play i think he's a fine fit with Trey Young you know he's he's an excellent rim runner um you know Kevin Durant i think it was last season actually called John the best um screen slipper in, in the league and getting to the rim. So I think for the Hawks, they're not going to just trade him for nothing. I know that was um, widely reported and, and um, like they were trying to trade him for either pick seven or pick four to move up in the draft. But you know, they, they want someone who can help them this coming season because they want to get better. So as it stands now, very interested to see what happens with John because it, it does seem like um, the interest in him has dwindled a little bit. But, you know, obviously with free agency, free agency beginning uh, shortly, that could totally change. You know, people could miss out on their top targets and, the, and then they call Atlanta and, and obviously John is available for, for trades and things can happen very quickly. But as it stands right now, that interest has, has dwindled a bit. Yeah, there's certainly contingency plans across the league when it comes to trade talks. And I mean, look, he's not the only guy a lot of people thought was, was going to get traded. Malcolm Brogdon was a name that certainly came up. Um, you know, Miles Turner, that guy's been in in the rumor mill more times than a celebrity in People magazine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, you did touch on uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, my paisan. Uh, you know, the, the Italians making a comeback here. Paolo Bancaro, number one overall. Uh, the first Italian since Andrea Bariani. Um, you know, I, I know folks might be like, look, a lot of times you don't hear shoot the three Nunzio or give it to Carmine, but we're making our way back. Uh, we touched on Danilo Gallinari a little bit. Um, as you touched on with the John Collins and DeJounte Murray talks. Um, well, first off, when it comes to John with um, San Antonio, where is your sense on where those trade talks are for DeJounte Murray? Because, I mean, to me, it kind of just seems like San Antonio is is throwing out such a a high asking price. And, I, you know, like a year ago, he was quietly available, DeJounte Murray. Um, but... Then he he evolved into this all-star player, and he's in the prime of his career, but they're going to have to pay him eventually. Um, I'm kind of curious where you think things stand with John Collins and 
with San Antonio talks. And, and for Gallinari, I mean, one way or the other, um, the sense I've gotten is that the Danilo Gallinari era in Atlanta is likely going to come to an end. The question is whether um, it's either he's waived or there's a, a trade, as, as you mentioned. Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on Gallinari first, but you know, since the Hawks were eliminated um, in Game Five against Miami, the the sense has always been that that was Gallinari's final time in in a Hawks uniform. And like you said, it's either going to be he's traded today, or they agree to push back his guarantee date and, and give him more guaranteed money, or he's waived and they pay him his five million dollar guarantee. But either way, it happens. Um, you know, the sense has always been from what I've gathered that he's done in Atlanta. He's not going to be back regardless of how it happens. Um, as it stands with DeJounte Murray and, and the Hawks reports, um, I had tweeted, I think it was the night before that, um, you know, talks have definitely happened, um, but they weren't close. And from what I've gathered still is, kind of in the same spot. Like you mentioned, the asking price is, is quite high. Um, you know, he's certainly a good player, someone who I think can fit with Matray Young. But if the Hawks traded for um, Murray, you're, you're definitely asking Trey Young to play off the ball more. It's not like he can't do it. He's, his numbers are, are really, really high, um, uh, highly efficient, I should say, um, when he is playing off the ball. but um, you know, I think for, for the Hawks, do you want to trade, you know, possibly three first round picks for Dejon St. Murray? I think that's something that I think that's the holdup right now, honestly. Um, but I know a lot of, uh, fans are probably like, well, just trade the picks. If, if we're good, those picks are going to be in the twenties and, and they don't really matter. But, you know, you obviously know it's, it's this game is all about asset management. And do you want to trade in that many picks for, for Murray? I think that that's certainly something that is holding up the deal right now. Not saying it, it won't happen, but from what I've gathered, that that is something that is um, a bit of a, uh, a holdup right now, I would say. And for the Hawks, um, you know, they've definitely gone back and forth about whether it is Gallinari um, in the deal, whether it's Collins in the deal, um, whether there has to be another young player in the deal. So I, I know, um, a, a TV anchor here in, in Atlanta tweeted that, um, I think it was yesterday or two days ago that the Hawks and Spurs were on the verge of, of a trade. Um, but from what I've heard that that's not necessarily the case. Like they're still talking about it. There's still other teams in play could end up being a three team deal if, if it ended up happening. So I wouldn't necessarily classify the trade as on the verge of happening. Um, it could happen, but I wouldn't say it's like super, super close to happening from what I've gathered. You know, when you touch on whether it could be other players involved in the deal, I think two guys that we can safely say are not going to be in those talks are DeAndre Hunter and Onyeko Okongwu. These are two guys that are viewed as uh, part of the core going forward. So I'll start uh, with DeAndre Hunter. Um, you know, 
rival executives around the league I've spoken to believe a potential extension for DeAndre Hunter down the line could be in the high teens or close to $20 million annually. And, you know, those executives have also gotten the sense from talking to Atlanta that Hunter is a part of the team's core going forward with Trey Young and Anonyeko Okongwu. Um, what's been your sense of what the future is going to hold for DeAndre Hunter, who's uh, going to be able to have those talks uh, eventually coming up? Yeah, I mean, as you said, uh, the Hawks view DeAndre and Onyeka as two foundation pieces. Uh, whether or not you agree with that is a, an entirely different conversation. You know, I, I think that uh, I don't think DeAndre was very good this year, truthfully. Um, he had a really good performance in game five against Miami and, and was the reason why the Hawks were in that late, but the entire season, you know, he was just very inconsistent. Um, you know, they drafted him to be really good, um, defensive stopper and he had flashes of, of, you know, brilliance on that end of the floor. But for the most part, um, you know, that wasn't just what, that wasn't what we saw out of Hunter. Um, I had asked a couple of um, agents and executives uh, about a possible Hunter extension myself. And they were saying that, um, you know, if it was them, that they would offer somewhere in the mid, in the mid teens, you know, around 15 to 16 million. So I think for the Hawks, um, you know, they, they certainly do want to get something done with with DeAndre they they want that wrapped up they want they want that done heading into uh the regular season and for for the Hawks and Hunter it's it's really just about can well for the Hawks on the Hawks side it's can they get something done that's more team friendly than um what I think Hunter and his repre representation are looking for so um, you know, if they can agree to a number, I think it, it's obviously going to get done, but, um, you know, whether or not it happens this off season or whether or not they go into restricted free agency next season, you know, the goal is to keep DeAndre long-term and from just people I've, I've spoken with inside the Hawks organization. So at the start of the 2020 season, this is prior to DeAndre, um, tearing his meniscus. That's the that's the player that we saw who was taking guys off the dribble, who was really good defensively, who um, looked like he could be, you know, the second star that the Hawks need next to Trey Young and, and the second star that they're currently searching for uh, this offseason. You know, he was someone who was consistently scoring over 20 points per game. He had the explosion that they thought he had coming out of Virginia and you know, the explosion that we didn't see this season, but just from talking with people, they, they do believe that, you know, a healthy off season for DeAndre this summer is going to be extremely helpful for him to get back to that 2020 version where, you know, we saw in those 20 games before he missed the rest of the regular season that, um, you know, he, he was someone who can be that two-way guy that you need to build around with Trey. Whether or not that happens is, is, you know, again, totally different. But from everyone I've spoken with in the Hawks organization, that's the DeAndre Hunter they think he can be. It's just a matter of 
if he can get there again. And, and they do feel like these several months that he's going to have to work on his dribbling, to work on his strength, to work on his his stamina is, is going to be the difference. But, um, you know, we'll see. I think I think that that remains to be seen. And we go from now DeAndre Hunter to DeAndre Ayton. Um, when it when it comes to Ayton, I mean, he's been linked a little bit with the Hawks as a potential, you know, sign and trade scenario. And it's ironic because the Hawks, I've heard, want to create more playing time for Onyeka Okongwu. And with, with DeAndre Ayton, um, you know, if there was going to be a trade package there, um, you know, I don't know if John Collins would fit that. I think certainly Clint Capella would be a possibility as a true center and a guy that played with Chris Paul. Um, if that's something that Atlanta wanted to do, curious your sense being around the team, Chris, what do you think are the chances <clears throat> are the chances of that for DeAndre and going to Atlanta and a sign and trade potentially? So I've heard from multiple people that um, the only way that the the Hawks would pursue Aiton is if he could be had on a less than max contract. And if that's the case, then you know it's it's certainly possible that Phoenix just retains him and you know tries to rebuild that relationship with him and the organization. But um, as of now, the the plan was you know we. We certainly like DeAndre Ayton. This is what I've heard. We we like DeAndre Ayton. We think he's a great player, but uh, paying him max money is just something that we don't want to do. I'm talking from the Hawks standpoint. So if they could have him for um, a contract that's less than the maximum money, I think that is something that they would certainly consider. But again, if if that's the case, then. You know, if you're Phoenix, I think you should just retain him. So I think for for the Hawks, um, you know, if, if they ended up pursuing Aiton, I think Capella is, is certainly going to have to be on, on the move, um, whether he's in that sign and trade with Phoenix or not. Um, and like you mentioned, like they want to create playing time for Okongwu. So pursuing Aiton doesn't really make sense for that either. So um, for the Hawks, I think, Center is, is certainly a position that they are comfortable with. Um, they're not they're not not pursuing other options. Like they've they've talked about Rudy Gobert. They they don't think his contract is worth with the price. But um, you know, I think they're they're comfortable. You know, bringing back both Capella and Okongwu if, if it worked out that way. You know, I'll say this about Rudy. I think a lot of teams. Um, view that contract differently. I think the Toronto Raptors I've heard, you know, would view him over a guy like Miles Turner, for example, on the trade market. Um, when it comes to on Yeko Okongwu and playing him more, I mean, Chris, is there a scenario where DeAndre Ayton for Capella sign and trade happens and they move Collins separately, whether it's DeJounte Murray or somewhere else, and you put on Yeko Okongwu at the four? Yeah, so that's something that that's been discussed. You know, if we're if the season was beginning next month, I don't think that is a possibility that they could explore right now. Um, I think it, it, it's really going to depend on on Anyeka's 
growth offensively. Right now, he's pretty much similar to how Capella plays. Um, I think it would certainly work better if if it was Aiton at the five instead of someone like a Capella or, or, or Gobert who, you know, their feet are, you know, locked into the paint. Um, at least with Aiton, you know, he can spread the floor a little bit. Um, but yeah, as of right now, like, I don't think that's happening with Anyeka at the four. They, they viewed him as a five. They view, they have always viewed him as a five, even when they drafted him. Um, and I think that's the position that, uh, they're rolling with, with him moving forward. You know, they've definitely played a little bit with Capella and and Okangu together on the floor in, in very, very limited minutes, but you know, long-term, they, they think that Onyeka is more of a five than a four. Chris, you know, we touched on the possibility of Clint Capella being included in a DeAndre and sign and trade. Um, you know, Clint Capella's name's come up. Bogdan Bogdanovich's name has come up. It's just guys that could be available from Atlanta. I mean, do you see Clint or Bog- Bogdan going anywhere uh, this offseason when you look at a potential trade? Right now, I, I think that uh, Capella will be back with the Hawks next season. Again, I think that all depends on if Aiton can be had at a, at a lower number than what he and his represent, representation are looking for. If that's n- not the case that they can get Aiton, then you know I, I do think that the Hawks are very comfortable bringing back uh, Capella. You know, I, I think for him in the second half of the season, we saw the version of Capella that was a defensive player of the year candidate for the Hawks um, last season. And and he was a big reason why the Hawks ended up, you know, advancing to the Eastern conference finals because of how much he transformed the Hawks' defense, how well he was fitting with, with Trey young as a pick and roll partner. So I'm, it's not like the Hawks don't like Capella or it's not like they don't think he can fit with the, the roster long-term. That's just not the case. But so I would say like right now, you know, if, if they can't get Aiton, then uh, Capella will be back. Uh, Bogdanovich is, is a different, um, is a different thing. So for him, he was definitely in many trade conversations from what I've heard. Um, the problem, though, with with Bogdanovich is, you know, he may not even be ready to go by the time the, the regular season begins. Um, you know, he dealt with a, a, a lingering knee issue all season long this past season. He wasn't even able to play in game five against Miami because of that knee. Um, t- two seasons ago, he had an, uh, an avulsion fracture in his right kneecap that that uh that caused him to miss 25 games in the playoffs. That knee um, flared up again and he wasn't the same. And then he got a PRP injection in his knee um, prior to the start of this past season. And it just didn't, it didn't help. Um, You know, it was something that he was battling all season and Bogdanovich is turning 30 by the start of this coming season. So I just don't know like what you can get for, for Bogdanovich. I had heard prior to um, Jeremy Grant moving to Portland that, you know, it it was a possibility that he could have been in in a, in a trade package for Jeremy Grant with the Hawks looking for more wings to add to their roster. Obviously that didn't happen. 
So I, I, I just don't know what the market is for Bogdanovich right now. Uh, you know, the Hawks like Bogdanovich. They love his leadership. He, he's, he's grown into being one of those most vocal guys in the locker room and holding guys accountable. Um, but his injury uh, history now is, is something that is going to be with him for probably the rest of his career. Um, you know, he's going to have no off season now where he's going to be training and, and working on his game because of this knee surgery that he just had. So um, I just don't know what you can get for him. If the Hawks traded him now, it does seem like they would be selling low on him. Um, and it might just be smart to just bring him back and, and see what he looks like and, and possibly explore trades at the deadline if it came to that. And you talk about you talk about the market for Bogdanovich, but you know, the Hawks have a couple of guys that are gonna hit the free agent market that they're gonna have to decide whether they bring back or not two guards in particular that I'm focused on, Delon Wright and Lou Williams. Um What's your forecast for the both of them going into um, the summer? You know, DeLon Wright, I expect to be a guy that teams looking for a backup point guard certainly look at. You know, once guys like Tyus Jones come off the board, you know, maybe even uh, like a Ricky Rubio to see kind of where DeLon Wright fits is going to be interesting. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are on teams' radars, but where DeLon Wright and, and Lou Williams could end up, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Because of Atlanta's uh, salary cap situation, um, it makes sense for them to bring Wright back. They have his bird rights, so the cap isn't an, an issue for bringing him back. And with what we saw out of Wright in the second half of the season, especially when he started playing a little bit more with Trey Young is, you know, that partnership with them together works really, really well. And I think it, it led credence to the fact that, okay, like, um, no, we can be successful as a team. If Trey plays with another ball handler, um, the, the game they won against Miami, believe it, that was game three in Atlanta when Trey hit a, hit a shot at the end of the game. Um, the in that fourth quarter, the Hawks had a, a lineup of three ball handlers on the floor. Trey was playing more off the ball because of how Miami was was guarding him defensively, and that really worked well. And I was surprised that Nate McMillan didn't continue rolling with that in games four and five because of how successful they were with multiple ball handlers on the floor. So for for the Hawks, um, bringing right back makes a ton of sense just because, you know, they're going to have either the taxpayer mid-level, which is going to be around 6.5 million, or if they somehow avoid the tax, which, you know, it's going to require them getting rid of Gallinari and, and them likely shedding John's salary in a trade elsewhere. Um, but if, if they, if they somehow avoid the tax, you know, they'll, they'll have, what is it like 10.6 million as the non-taxpayer exception, but you know, you don't have to worry about that with the Ron Wright. You don't have to use the, the exceptions because they have the bird rights for him. So with as valuable as he was for the Hawks, especially defensively. And, and you know, we haven't even touched on, on defense with the Hawks. You know, they were dreadful on that end of the floor this season and bringing back Wright, who is a good defender, I think is really valuable. So 
from from what I've gathered is, you know, I think it would be a surprise if DeLon Wright was playing elsewhere next season. You know, Trey really likes him. They've grown really close with one another, him and DeLon. Um, and I think they just value his defense a lot. So I would be surprised if he wasn't with Atlanta next season. For Lou, um, we reported a couple of days ago now that, you know, he, he, he wants to play next season. I just don't think it's going to be with Atlanta. They, they have uh, Sharif Cooper, who they drafted this past season. Uh, they extended a, a two-way qualifying offer for him. He played pretty much the entire season in the G League, but, you know, they, they definitely think he can be someone who can be a spark plug scorer off the bench. Uh, it's, it's, it's possible that, you know, Cooper is going to be the third point guard on, on the roster this season. Um, but for Lou, I, I would be stunned if, if he came back uh, for the Hawks. He, he just, he didn't look like himself. He didn't, he didn't have that scoring ability like we've seen and come to have expected with someone of Lou's caliber multiple times, six man of the year. He just didn't have it this year. So, um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be coming back with Atlanta if he does decide to continue his career. And I mean, I, I agree with the assessment there on Lou Will. I think DeLon Wright, that's a fair assessment, certainly, um, to get him back as a backup guard, um, given the way the market's shaping up right now. Um, you know, Chris, you're not a stranger to, to coaching changes in Atlanta. You were there when Lloyd Pierce, um, you know, departed from the franchise. I'm curious, you know, Nate McMillan had a, a little bit of an, a down season. I think the team overall had underwhelming expectations. I wanted to ask you what you feel his job security is uh, going into next season, because there's obviously going to be heightened expectations for this Atlanta Hawks team, given where ownership thought they were uh, two years ago when, when they were doing really well in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, the, the day after the game five against Miami, I had reported, from numerous sources that um, that Nate was uh, a big reason for the team's lack of success this season. Um, they didn't feel like he um, essentially was the, the right guy moving forward. It was always a stretch though, that, you know, they would have, you know, gotten rid of him this off season. He had just signed a deal after, the playoff run they have. Oh yeah, I mean more next year. I mean like in, yeah, into sure. next season, like if they struggle or or get off. Yeah, to I mean I I do think that there's uh, going to be heat on on McMillan um, coming into the season. Uh, you know the Hawks have made it very clear. Travis Schlenk, soon to be general manager Landry Fields, Tony Ressler, the owner, like the Hawks want to be better, um, and and that's that that's essentially like a a must. They have to be better. Everybody knows it. And if it, if it's the same thing that we we saw this season, they're going to have to be changes. Like they they can't continue rolling with it. Whether it is Nate, whether it's possibly Travis, like there there will be changes. I feel like if they continue to um, underwhelm like they did this season. So for for Nate, I think this is a really important season for him. If if they struggle. It would not be a surprise at all if if they um, you know 
got got off his contract and, and bought him out and and looked for another replacement. So um, I, I think that the this offseason for the Hawks is going to be interesting, but I also think the season itself is going to be interesting because of the continued expectations on this franchise. And if they're not meeting them, then, you know, they're going to continue to have to look for replacements around Trey and, and, you know, the, at the top of the organization itself. Well, Chris, it's going to be a busy off season for the Hawks. I'm certainly uh, looking forward to your coverage on the team and, you know, keeping tabs on them myself. Uh, A lot of dominoes that could fall here for this team. I appreciate you joining me, my man. Thanks again. Yep. Thanks for having me. Always, brother. And I also want to thank everyone else for tuning in. If you want to hear more episodes of the Hoopside podcast with guest appearances from NBA players, coaches, executives, and media members, you can like and subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You can also keep up on my tweets on Twitter, at Mike A. Scotto. Make sure you're following Chris, too, at Chris Kirshner. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Scotto, wishing you and yours all the best.